Hello and welcome to episode three of our podcast, Sharing Plant Wisdom. Uh, I'm Marie and I'm here with Sophie and we're both naturopaths and herbalists based in London. And it is our mission to share our knowledge about herbal medicine and other natural ways to address various health concerns. This month we are talking about seasonal affective disorder. It is the winter here in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, uh, but let's get the legal stuff out of the way first. So please keep in mind that we are not doctors, we are complementary health practitioners and educators. Although the information provided in our podcast is always accurate to the best of our knowledge at the time, it does not replace medical advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only. We believe that everybody should be given options where their health is concerned and these podcasts intend to provide the most complete and fair educational resource so that you can make the best decisions about your own health also keep in mind that everybody is different and a personalized treatment is always preferable please consult your general practitioner before implementing any complementary medical advice okay so let's get started seasonal affective disorder Right, seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, or SAD, is a type of depression that affects between 1 and 10%, depending on the latitude of the country you're talking about. And it's funny because the prevalence of SAD increases the further away from the equator you go. Uh, So yeah, between 1 and 10% of the population each year, it is characterized by atypical depression symptoms, which we'll uh, talk about in a minute and affects four times more women than men, and it also seems to affect young people more than older people. Some patients can experience symptoms for over four months each year, which is a big amount of time, um, usually starting in, in fall and remitting in the spring. It is associated with lower quality of life and with a decrease in productivity at work, For some people, symptoms of SAD don't occur every year. About a third of people suffering from SAD go on to be diagnosed with non-seasonal major depression, which is a serious condition that requires medical attention. So what are the symptoms of SAD or SAD, as I call it? Number one, hypersomnia. So sleeping a lot more than usual, sleeping longer at night and taking naps in the day. Number two would be hyperphagia, eating more than usual, which I certainly do in the winter months. I've been known to put away several packets of biscuits in one go. Um, So we're here and we're not perfect. We're just being honest with you and uh, trying to help. Craving carbohydrates is another symptom um, and extreme loss of energy is also a symptom of sad. Loss of social activity is another one and that's one we all need to be aware of and particularly aware of right now um, going through this pandemic. You know, being sociable is, is something we need to do. We need to interact with other humans. So that's one to watch out for right now. There are a few reasons why someone may start struggling with seasonal affective disorder. And those reasons are reduced sunlight exposure. This is the defining trigger of winter sad syndrome. Some people suffer from the summer sad, but it's a lot less common. But please let us know if you want us to talk more about this in the future. 
For some people, symptoms appear very suddenly, while they can be gradual for others. Sad sufferers seem to lack the ability to adjust their circadian rhythm, their sleep-wake cycle, to the winter patterns of daylight. Their brain chemistry is still in night mode, way after the alarm has rung in the morning. Despite often sleeping for longer, their sleep seems to be non-restorative. Other factors include genetics. Um, scientists think that variations in the genes involved in the regulation of the circadian rhythm might be at play in, in SAD. Uh, mutations would make people less able to adapt to changes of daylight duration and therefore perturb their sleep cycle. About 15% of sad sufferers have a direct relative who also has it. So yeah, it, it does seem to, to play um, a good part in it. Um, having another psychological condition is also um, a factor that predisposes you to, to seasonal affective disorder. Conditions such as attention deficit disorder, eating disorders, anxiety and panic disorders seem to predispose to seasonal affective disorder. Low vitamin D status has been linked to a higher risk factor of developing SAD. Um, shift work is also linked to a higher incidence of seasonal affective disorder, probably due to reduced exposure to sunlight. We are now going to talk about naturopathic and herbal approaches that have been found to help reduce symptoms of winter seasonal affective disorder. But before we do it, it is important to please consult a medical professional if your symptoms are severe, i.e. if you're contemplating harming yourself or others. Alright, as always, we start with the diet because it's the foundation of good health. Right, so when dealing with mood fluctuations, it is of prime importance to balance your blood sugar levels. Hypoglycemia can mimic anxiety. Um, hypoglycemia can induce increased heart rate, clamminess, dizziness, tiredness, feeling moody and anxious, and it can also um, obviously aggravate um, anxiety and stress. Um, so to, to balance your blood sugar levels, you should aim to eat breakfast within 30 minutes to an hour after waking up. So because, because you know, when you wake up, you have the cortisol rising, and then if you don't get a feed um, quickly after, after waking up, you get into the, the stress response, which will then prolong the cortisol, which at this point should not be prolonged. Sleep is like a fast, and starvation induces the release of stress hormone cortisol, which in turn triggers the release of insulin and can then contribute to insulin dysregulation. Uh, skipping breakfast has also been linked to poorer food choices later in the day. So if you're suffering from winter sad and you already, you know, crave a bit more carbs than usual, then if you skip breakfast, you might choose to go for the cookies instead of the apple later on during the day. Uh, blood sugar friendly breakfast will ideally be composed of lean proteins such as eggs or chicken or tofu. Um, good fats such as nuts, nut butter, ghee, avocado, Greek yogurt uh, and fibers or slow carbs such as, such as fresh fruits, flax seeds, oats. Those are good options. Smoothies are very popular at the moment, they've been popular for a few years now, but be mindful to not make them into sugar bombs. Uh, I, I've seen I've seen a smoothie girl putting three bananas in her smoothies. I'm like, there is no way on earth you would eat three bananas, then eat a whole basket of strawberries and stuff, and eat a whole avocado. I mean, if you put all of that in a smoothie, it's, it's just, it's a lot of sugar right there. 
Uh, so use berries as the fruit element because they are they are quite low glycemic. Remember to use fats because that that slows down the absorption of sugars. So um, plant milks, yogurt, nut butters, coconut oil, those are good fats um, for you. And then use protein powders and fibers as well. Um, add a pinch of cinnamon. Cinnamon helps regulate blood sugar, so use it liberally. That's okay. It's also antiviral, so you can't really go wrong. Um, big meals can also contribute to insulin dysregulation, so opt for smaller meals more regularly, making sure that each meal includes uh, proteins, fats, and fibers. So, you know, vegetable sticks with cottage cheese or spicy hummus are always good options. Mood disorders and depression have been linked to systemic inflammation. Maintaining steady blood sugar levels will help reduce levels of inflammation in the body, but it is a good idea to get extra anti-inflammatory foods such as oily fish rich in omega-3, so sardines, salmon, herring, mackerel, colourful fruits and vegetables, berries, oranges, red pepper, etc. They're rich in flavonoids, rich in vitamin C, anthocyanins, natural antioxidants. Spices such as ginger, turmeric, saffron are also good, very anti-inflammatory. Because seasonal affective disorder has been correlated with low levels of vitamin D, it is recommended to supplement in vitamin D3 over the winter and early spring period. The dosage will vary depending on your levels. 500 to 1000 IU per day seems to be a good ballpark, but make sure to supplement in vitamin K2 as well, as it helps calcium being fixed in the bones. Good food sources of vitamin D include salmon, trout, cod liver oil, mackerel, sardine, liver, whole milk, almond milk, and eggs. Good food sources of vitamin K2 include fermented products, natto and sauerkraut in particular, cheeses such as Emmental and Munster in particular, beef liver, chicken, and egg yolks. Just remember, organic eggs, free-ranged eggs, will have the vitamin K2 in them. Battery farmed eggs won't because the chickens won't be seeing the sunlight. Other nutrients that may be helpful to balance moods during the dark months are B vitamins, especially B6, depleted in women on birth control pills. So foods rich in B6 include poultry, salmon, tofu, sweet potatoes, avocados, peanuts, oats, bananas. B9 is also important folic acid found in high amounts in dark leafy vegetables, sunflower seeds, lentils and beans and B12, low B12 levels can contribute to feelings of fatigue. B12 can be found in lean meats, seafood, eggs, yogurt and milk. So if you're vegan, you're going to probably need to supplement in B12. So that's a really important one to um, to look out for. Right. So, so th- those are really the basis of um, good nutrition plan there to, to kind of limit the... Um, the, the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. On top of those uh, nutritional uh, intervention, element in the following, um, vitamin E. Uh, we don't often see that uh, as a supplement, but it's it's so crucial. Uh, it's a fat soluble vitamin, so you should find it in those you know like a yellowy little capsules. 
and it's a very powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. And, and in, in uh, clinical trials, it's been it's been linked to uh, being very helpful actually for seasonal affective disorder. I recommended those would be 400 IUU per day. Vitamin C. Vitamin C is great for immunity. It gives you a bit of energy, uh, but also it is used in large quantities by the adrenal glands, and and that is therefore depleted in in stress and anxiety and depression. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend getting between a thousand and two thousand milligram per day. Uh, is the sort of dose you you would want to be, to be taking in the morning before lunchtime. Selenium is an essential trace element for thyroid function, immunity, neuromodulation, and for the production of brain-derived neurotrophic factor BDNF. Low levels of BDNF have been associated with depression, so we recommend a dose of between 100 to 200 micrograms of selenium a day. Magnesium bisglycinate can help reduce anxiety and promote better sleep. It is also involved in at least 200 vital physiological processes, including hormonal and neuronal regulation via the HPA axis. 200 to 400 milligrams per day is the recommended dose. But do remember to take this at night if you're looking to improve sleep. Next up, we have SAMe. Uh, it stands for S-adenosyl methionine. Uh, it is a molecule involved in chemical reactions that are crucial for the maintenance of neurotransmitter balance. Um, SAMe can be a very effective antidepressant for some people. Um, and it's interesting because it seems that male patients actually uh, respond better to SAMe than uh, female patients. Um, the dose range uh, from 800 to 1,600 milligrams per day in divided doses. So start at a lower dose, let's say 200 milligrams twice a day for a few days, then uh, go up to 400 milligrams twice a day. Um, that, that, will, that will prevent side effects such as nausea. If you, if you go full on with the, the highest dose, you, you might feel a bit nauseous. As a caution, people who have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder should never supplement with SAMe. Um, a recent study showed that SAMe is even more effective when associated with probiotics, and in particular, a category of probiotics called psychobiotics, which are the bifidobacterium probiotics and the lactobacillus probiotics. So that's just a tip for you. 5-HTP you may have also heard of because it's a serotonin precursor. So this can also be helpful as part of your supplement regime. Saffron has been used as a natural antidepressant in Persian medicine for thousands of years. 30 milligrams per day is the dose that shows best results, but do not use saffron if pregnant. And if you are pregnant, please, please, please consult a professional practitioner. It's really important. Everything is much more complicated if you're trying for a baby or if you are pregnant. Okay, so we now move on to the herbs because we are herbalists and uh, we'll talk about a few herbs that we would choose uh, to help people with seasonal affective disorders. And I mean, that's the, 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 really the first herb of choice when dealing with any mood disorder would be St. John's wort. The Latin name is Hypericum perforatum. And in herbal medicine, 
uh, we call St. John's wort a thymoleptic, which means it just helps to regulate mood and it acts as an antidepressant. Uh, the mechanisms of the mechanism of action of this herb is similar to SSRIs. You might have heard those. Those are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So to put things very simply, serotonin is the feel-good neurotransmitter in your brain. But its lifespan in the synaptic cleft, which is the tiny space um, that allows communication between neurons, the, so the, the lifespan of serotonin is very, very short. And, and it, it is reuptaken by the presynaptic system to, um, to, to, to just recycle it. And what SSRIs do is just prolong the time that serotonin spends in the synaptic cleft and allows more to be transmitted to the next uh, neuron. So that's, that's very simply what SSRIs do. Uh, as a precaution, it is not recommended to take St. John's Wort if you are on any prescription drug. And that includes the oral contraceptive pill. Yes. So you will see St. John's Wort available in capsule form or tincture in health food shops. But again, it's one herb that comes up time and time again that you need to be careful with if you're on any medication. And that's because it um, will make the liver process that medication too quickly before it's done its job so you could actually get pregnant if you're on the oral, oral contraceptive pill and you're taking St John's wort that's a very good example of how powerful some of these um, herbs are so it's a fantastic herb but it's one that we really go to town with to be extra cautious with Lemon balm, or Melissa officinalis, is also a thymoleptic. It helps to reduce tension and anxiety. It helps recover from nervous exhaustion. It elevates mood, improves memory and concentration. It's very easy to grow in a pot at home and it will take over your garden if you're growing it in the garden. So it's a really nice one to make a tea with um, yourself. You don't need to go and buy this herb. It, it does really, really well in a pot or in the garden it smells gorgeous too and you can just pick a small handful of leaves and have a fresh tea when you need a little pick-me-up yeah uh, I, I really love the um, the smell of lemon balm it's uh, just the smell actually is quite uplifting i'm fine a favorite of mine, Rhodiola. The Latin name is Rhodiola rosea. It's a root and it's an adaptogenic herb that will help improve physical and mental energy levels. It is also a very effective antidepressant herb. Lavender or Lavendula augustifolia is one of my favorites. It's very famous and it is very effective to lift the spirits, relieve tension and anxiety and restore energy in cases of nervous exhaustion. You can use it as a tea if you like the taste. It's also great for digestive issues, but you can diffuse the essential oil or use it on your pulse points inside of the wrists and temples or put a few drops in the bath for relaxation. Those are the main herbs that have really good mood lifting effects, but in practice we would mix them with other herbs depending on your constitution, your other symptoms and your other health goals. Moving on now to um, other naturopathic lifestyle that you can do to help with your 
now seasonal affective disorder really the the main thing would be to reset the circadian rhythm so obviously if you're if you're a shift worker that might be tricky and maybe we can we can do a, a dedicated podcast to that because uh, there they are there still are a lot of things you can do but that that requires uh, a full hour i think mm. um so a quick tip would be to um expose your pupils to bright light first thing in the morning so obviously at the moment uh, here in the northern hemisphere the sun doesn't really get up very early um, but you can get relatively cheap light boxes so so if, if you look for luminotherapy uh, online you, you'll find those those light boxes and you just expose your pupils 20 minutes in the morning you know while you're drinking your tea or having your breakfast cereals uh, I mean, your breakfast healthy smoothie. <laughs> um, so do that first thing in the morning. And then in the evening, uh, you can either um, take a low-dose melatonin. So I know it's not readily available in the UK. I, mean, I don't think it's available at all. Um, I do like melatonin. It's been shown to have so many good health benefits. Uh, but any other... Uh, supplements or herbs that can help you fall asleep quicker would uh, would be a, a good uh, thing to do in the evening. And there, there, are, there are also these uh, devices that project light on the ceiling that it, that is a kind of a circle of light that expands and then retracts. It's to to help you with your breathing to fall asleep quicker. Mm-hmm. Maybe I put a link in the show notes for that. Great. Other naturopathic lifestyle advice we would recommend to help improve your seasonal affective disorder is reducing caffeine. And you'll hear us talk about this time and again in lots of different podcasts we do. Not only would you want to reduce your caffeine, you'd want to reduce alcohol and nicotine consumption as well. Caffeine and nicotine are stimulants that can disrupt your sleep patterns, while alcohol is a depressant that can make low moods worse. Exercise is great natural thing you can do to to help boost your mood. It releases endorphins. It you know moves the blood. If you if you do your exercise outside, it it helps you you know be in nature, get some fresh air. Uh, the benefits of exercise relevant to depression include lowering of pro-inflammatory cytokines. So as we mentioned, general inflammation is is linked to depression so anything that can lower inflammation is going to be a good thing uh, exercise also reduces cortisol uh, and it increases levels of norepinephrine serotonin bdnf endorphins and endocannabinoids it seems that a mix of cardio you know gentle cardio some strength and some yoga um, have best results for depression time spent outdoors we cannot overestimate this it is just the best and um, some people call this forest bathing spending in time in nature helps reset the natural body rhythms it's incredibly soothing incredibly nourishing and uplifting and it really is the best medicine as is time spent with friends family and having meaningful relationships Volunteering is also a great option um, and really helps give you perspective. Acupuncture is, um, a lot of people find it very helpful. It's, uh, it 
kind of moves stagnant energy. Uh, if you want to think of depression uh, in energy terms, depression is is very much a downward energy. It, it kind of you know you can't get up. You 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 just you just feel low constantly. And acupuncture can actually help rebalance this energy and, and move it a bit uh, through the body. Meditation or other relaxation techniques will also help because they help to reconnect your mind to your body and realize that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts happen all the time. Meditation teaches you to let them go. Pets also help. Having pets has been shown to increase levels of oxytocin and serotonin, which are the feel-good hormones. Having a dog also forces you to go outside. And finally, psychotherapy can really, really help um, people when dealing with depression and anxiety. And yeah, um, talking about that, don't forget to check out our next episode where we talk to integrative psychotherapist Jess Hanley. Um, finally, depression is a serious matter. If you have been considering harming yourself or others, you have to contact a medical professional or a helpline. Uh, we'll be putting resources in the show notes, but you can always talk to the Samaritans. If you're in the UK, the phone number is 116123 and they operate 24 hours uh, a day, seven days a week. We hope you found this episode informative and useful. If you have any questions or comments, or if you'd like to book a consultation with us, you can send us an email at sharingplantwisdom at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at Sharing Plant Wisdom. And don't forget to send us your questions. We will answer them in upcoming podcasts. Unless they are naughty, we won't. (laughs) Just going back to seasonal affective disorder, something that's helped me in the past because I felt my mood lower as we enter the winter months and, and the daylight goes. And something that helps pick me up, other than some of the things we've talked about, is um, changing my shower routine. So I um, started pulsing the cold water in my shower and this has really helped not only my circulation but it's helped elevate and lift my mood. And I actually started doing this last winter. So I've been doing it for a year now through the summer as well as the winter. And obviously there are times where it is more challenging because it's much harder psychologically to turn on the cold water during the winter. But you can start slowly. And I've personally really felt the benefits of that Mm. type of hydrotherapy. Yeah, it's interesting because in Ayurvedic medicine, they they say that um, having hot water on the top of your head depletes you of prana. Mm. Yeah, it's very interesting. But I mean, my shower gets really freezing Mm. in the winter. Mm. uh, Yeah, I do do it the rest of the year, but (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's a really good tip. That's Mm. a really good tip. Okay, everyone, have a lovely yeah and lovely day lovely winter um happy christmas happy new year we will be back in january uh with a lot more good stuff um guests so we so you won't have to only hear our voices there will be new voices and yeah we wish you all the best take care of your health take care of the people you love and see you soon